On our Thursday men's lunch, we've been talking about this year uh, the biblical man and just looking at the truth that, that uh, as a man seeking to follow Jesus Christ, our instruction comes from God's word. How do we live? Uh, what do we do? How do we talk? How do we relate to our wives? How do we lead our homes? All of that based upon what God has said in his word. Today we're going to look at the biblical man and his church. The biblical man and his church. The truth is this, and I'll just tell you, uh, you may disagree, but I believe today the American church has been robbed today in my generation of one of its greatest assets, one of its greatest resources, and really one of its greatest needs, and that is godly men. Um, go through a survey very quickly of American history. American history, uh, if you look at, at, at the last hundred years uh, the greatest generation, uh, they are witness to the Great Depression. They see uh, what it is to be in need. They see that you can be without, that you can actually be willing to work and look for a job and not be able to find a job. Uh, and they know what it means to be without. And, and you, you watch that generation. They knew uh, and, and, and they exhibited the truth that, you know what, there's no hope really in money. There's no true hope, uh, true hope in possessions, and that's what they learn from that. Then they go off, and, and they're witness to, or they serve in World War II, and, and in that, they see that thousands of, of 18 and 20-year-olds can die on the beach in Normandy, and they see their, their friends pass away in, in war, and they know life is precious. Uh, life is short, and you're not guaranteed another day. And so those guys, they come and they have that perspective. You know what? There's not true hope in finances. Life is precious. Life can be very short. And you watch, watch American history. They come back, and, and if they weren't married, they get married. They start families. They start jobs. Uh, they start industries. And during that time, it's really uh, the greatest period in the history of the American church. Uh, from 1945 to 1965, uh, that's when most of our churches were built. And if you were to go look around uh, the cities of West Texas during that time, a whole bunch of churches are built. The churches are filled and men are participating in the life of the church. History tells us, however, for whatever reason, uh, that trend slowly begins to change. And for some reason, it begins to be observed or, or seen as a weak thing to participate as a man in the church. It becomes an effeminate thing to be a, a man that, that works and serves and is committed to his church. And the role of leader in the church begins to change. The role of spiritual leader for a man begins to change. And then you start to see out of necessity that the roles that men were supposed to fill, uh, in their absence, women begin to fill. They're, these roles, they're supposed to be filled by a man, but the man's gone. And so women take up those roles. And you, and you start to see in the church, uh, it begins to be women who are leading, women who are serving, women who are taking their kids to church and actually teaching at church and teaching the kids at church. And, and the man, for some reason, has become absent. Uh, he's at home or he's out fishing somewhere. And honestly, the church becomes a women's movement. Now I'll just tell you, I don't think anybody else is, or many people are going to tell you that. Uh, the church became 1980, 1990s, 2000, uh, the church became and becomes a, a woman's, a women's movement. And, and we start to, out of that, have a messed up perception, uh, 
of what a man is. And you know what a macho man, a man that'll, that, that'll live as a man, you know what, he'll drink a 12-pack of beer and he'll, he'll cuss like a sailor and he'll, he'll work on his car and then he'll get excited about the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the image of a man that's presented to us. And then here's this guy, and you know what, he goes to church and, and he participates in his church and, and he's seen as weak or soft or some guy that, that he's so messed up he needs a crutch and that becomes the perception of a man who participates in church. I believe that's the truth and I believe that's the real history of it. Problem is, as that happens, it has hindered God's ability to move in his church. There are things that he's wanted to do in his church that that, that thing that has taken place has been hindered. And I'll just tell you today what the church needs today. And, and the church needs a lot of things. And I could talk to you about that. But what the church needs today is men who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who know the truth of God's word, and who will lead and serve in God's church. And that's what the church needs today. It needs men. You know what? You know what? I'm not relying upon my wife or my grandmother to tell me what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. And I know my position in the church. And I haven't given it to somebody else that maybe they'll come along and do it, but I will lead as a man in the church. That's what the church needs today. Let me tell you three truths for us today. Three things for us to carry out of here today. The first thing is this. As a man here today, I want you to see your position in the church. Your position in the church. Now, now follow with me right here. You make an individual decision to follow Christ. And for sure, don't miss that. You make your own decision to follow Christ. Uh, your wife cannot make that for you. Your grandmother couldn't make that for you. That decision is not made in a group. You make an individual decision to say, you know what, I realize I am a sinner. And I realize my sin has earned me a punishment. And I, I understand that, that Christ paid that penalty for my punishment. And I understand that. And so as an individual, I make an individual decision to follow Jesus Christ. That's an awesome thing. But here's something that, that's very awesome as well. Your individual decision places you in the church. Your individual decision, you make it by yourself, it places you in the fellowship of a community. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says this, and it's talking about the church. It's talking about the body of the church, the body of believers. And it says, but now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. Hear that again. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he Desire. Now, what that means is this. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you made an individual decision. But when you made that individual decision, God puts you in a local church. He gives you that position. You, your faith in Jesus Christ makes you, puts you as a member of a local church. A lot of times as men, we say, well, you know what, I've put my faith in Christ. And so that's checked off. You know what, I, I've done that. I've been forgiven of my sins. I've got eternal life coming. And so it's not a big deal if I belong to the church. That I've done the main thing. Isn't that what I was supposed to do? And you know what, I can worship on my own. And I hear people, and maybe you've said these things, say, you know what, uh, I can worship in my dear blind. 
In fact, one of the great times I have is when it's me and God and my deer blind. And I used to say, you know what? I worship on my hay baler. And God knows it's me out here ticking out these bells. And I, man, I'm worshiping on my hay baler. And, and we, we start to say, you know what? God knows me and he, he knows where I'm at. And it's not important that I belong and participate in the local church. And that's the arrangement that we have. Let me tell you something. That sounds good. Well, you know what? I worship God everywhere I'm at and I don't need the local church. That sounds good. Problem is this. It is not biblical. It is not his plan. When you make an individual to follow individual decision to follow Jesus Christ, he places you in the local church. That's the first thing. Second truth is this. And that and I really just want us to see this. What does it do for you? What happens to you? What benefit do you have by belonging to a local church? Now, the truth of the matter is this. God is wise. He knows best. He, he wants the best thing for you. And so he has built the church. The church is his invention as a blessing for you. Now, think about that for just a second. The church is not a punishment. Well, man, you've got to go to church I mean, and you've got to get browbeat and you've got to go up there and be beat down and, and you've got to go serve in this little church. You know what? The church is not a hardship that he gives to you. The church is to be a blessing to you. Here's what happens to you when you commit to the local church. I just wrote a couple things. I really could have put twice as many things. Here are some things that happen to you when you commit to the local church. First thing is this. You are taught. You are taught. You hear the word of God. You study the word of God. Uh, that is God's plan. You, you see the main thing that the church does, uh, the, the proclamation of the word. When we gather together, that's the main thing we do, the preaching of God's word, the study of God's word, the ministry of God's word. Uh, you are taught when you participate and you commit to the local church. Sometimes we go through life and we wonder, well, how do I live? How am I supposed to lead these kids? What am I supposed to do with my wife? Uh, what about my tongue? What about my temper? What about how I run my business? You are taught when you commit and you participate in the local church. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. You're taught when you commit to the local church. You're also encouraged when you commit and you participate in the local church. In the book of Hebrews, it says... And all the more, we're encouraged, and all the more as the day draweth nigh, as the day draws closer. Fact of the matter is this, and some of you are going to sit here and you're going to say, yeah, that's the truth. Life is hard. Life is tough. There are days in life that are absolutely gut-wrenching. There are days, there are times that you think, you know what, this is all that I can take and, and I can't see an answer and life is tough and, and I can't even see a, 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 a ray of hope in that. And I, I'm not sure if I can say this. Give my, check me out on this. I think in the original Greek it says somewhere, life sometimes just sucks. <laughs> if, if I can't say that, then don't quote me on that. Some of you know that. Some of you are there right now. But you know what? In the local church, God in his grace and God in his wisdom puts people around you to encourage you. And to say, you know what? I, I've been there and I've walked that road. 
And you know what? It's going to be all right. And I, I'm going to tell you how God works in this situation. He puts people around you that are, that are going to pull for you. And they're going to sometimes help push you. And the world's the opposite of that. The world would drag you down. The world would kick you when you're down. The world would talk about you as it goes on. He puts people around you to encourage you in your Christian walk. I watch people and they get in these bad spots and, and, and I'm telling you it's bad and it, it starts to spiral downward and, and then they're around people that pile onto that. You know what? God's plan his wisdom that he would put people around you that would say, you know what? It's all right. You're going to be all right. People that encourage you in God's grace. Second thing you'll find when you commit and participate in the local church, you'll find encouragement. Another thing that you'll find is you'll find that you're prayed for. Two main focuses of the church when they assemble, the ministry of the word, but also the ministry of prayer. And a right acting church, a church that's doing the right things, that is going to be a praying church. And if you'll commit to your local church and you'll participate in your local church, you're going to find a church that actually, truly prays for you. And they pray for your situation. And they pray for your family. And they pray that God gives you wisdom. And a bunch of you here are nodding your head. Uh, you know the value of a church that prays for you. Let me tell you this. God hears those prayers. And God answers those prayers. And I believe he is tremendously glorified when the church comes together and prays and then sees God's answer to those prayers. Read the New Testament, read the book of Acts, read the epistles that Paul writes. When you read this account, the start of the church, when you read these, these accounts of what's going on in the church, notice how much suffering plays a part of that. Remember, remember and read how they're persecuted and their families have cut them off and a lot of them have been run out of town and they've lost, if they had any ownership or anything, they've had that jerked out from under them and they're, they're a hated people and they're a, a persecuted people and, and man, this guy was a friend of mine and a leader and they just threw him off the top of the temple and, and this other guy, he was a friend of mine and we served together and they took him outside of town and they, they threw stones at him and they crushed his head and notice all the trouble that's going on as the church forms. But notice how when the church comes together, they meet to pray. You know what? If, if you'll commit to and you'll participate in a local church, you're going to find a church, a people that will pray for you. Here's another thing that happens when you commit to and you participate in the local church. Maybe not something we like that much, but it's something we need, and that is this. You are sometimes corrected. That's what the Bible says. Sometimes you are corrected. And just very honestly, there are times... And some of us think, boy, I'm pretty arrogant. I don't need that. That may be for something else. But, but there are times that you need godly people, now not judgmental people. We had enough of them. But you need a godly people, a godly person to say, you know what? That's not right. You know what? That's, that's not the way to do that. You know what? I, I did that, and I went down that road, and it's not going to end well for you. And the truth is we are correct, corrected, instructed through correction when we participate and we commit to the local church. I wonder how many times as men, we make bad decisions in our life. We make costly decisions in our life. And a bunch of that's because we had the wrong influences around us as we made those decisions. And that's just a matter of fact. You're with somebody, well, I'd, I'd do this. You know what? You don't need that. I'd do that. You know what? Here's, the, here's what I would do. And this is what I did. When the truth is we need godly people to instruct us and correct us as we travel through life. 
Last thing I put here, and, and, and really I could have gone on and on, but you know what you also find, and it's a, it's, a, it's a tremendous blessing, what you find when you commit to and you participate in a local church, you will find that you belong. You will find that you belong. And what that means is you have a people. You have something that you belong to. And that's what God says. You know, I, I built a body, and I was wise, and I put you in the right body. You belong to something. That means this. You know what? When the world can't stand you, you're going to find a people that love you. When the world has no value for you, you're going to find a people that value you. And when you're gone somewhere, you're going to find a people that miss you. And you're going to find that you're a big deal with this set of people. You are needed with this set of people. Bible calls that what? The family of God. He gives you a people to which you belong. Now let me just say this, and I'll, I'll just be very honest with you right here. If that's not what you find in church, and I'm going to tell you what, there's some sorry churches. I don't know, I'll just tell you, there's some sorry churches. There's some churches that will hurt you. There's some churches that will grind you up. There's some churches that will talk about you, and they're glad that you're there. They have somebody new to talk about. If that's not what you find in church, if that's not what your church looks like, the problem is not with God's plan. The problem is with that church. Sometimes, well, I don't need church. I'll throw the whole thing away. Don't tell you something. God's plan was to bless you in the church. And if there's a problem in the church, it's not a problem with God's plan. It's a problem with that church. And you know what you ought to do? You ought to start praying for a remedy you ought to start trying to find a way to serve, to help that church find a remedy. You ought to talk to some folks and figure out, you know what, here's what God's actually biblically called us to do and look for a remedy. And if there's not a remedy, you ought to find a new church. And that's the biblical truth of it. You know what, in a church, you ought to be prayed for. And you ought to fit in and you ought to be encouraged. And you ought to be corrected if you need to. And you ought to hear the truth and study the truth of God's word. That's the second thing. Third thing is this. You know what, you have a position in the church. You make an individual decision, he places you in a community. Second thing, we see what the church provides us. This is what we receive by participating in a local church. Third thing is this, and I don't know that this is being said a whole lot, and that is this, what your responsibility is to that church, what you do for that church. Now, now see the picture here. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it talks about the church as a body. And that's where that verse comes from. God knows you and he built you and he gifted you. And in his wisdom, he places you in a body. Well, that body, anybody has hands, has eyes, has ears. There's, there's lungs. There's, there's a couple of legs. That's what a body looks like. Well, if you take any of that stuff away, that body is handicapped. Now, what he's saying, and that's the analogy that he's using here, he places you as a piece of a body. That means you are needed. You are necessary. God built you for his church. God gifted you, and that's the truth of the Bible. He gave you a gift to use in the church. And then after he built you and after he gifted you, he placed you in a church. And so if you're not participating, you're hurting that church. That's the truth of it. Now, there's a bunch of guys, and I, I hear them all the time. I may have been one at one time. But they say, you know what? I don't need the church. I'm doing fine. I've got a Bible, and I'm worshiping somewhere by myself. I don't need the church. I got hurt in the church. I don't like the church. I don't need the church. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe that's true. But even if it were, here's the other truth. You know what? The church needs you. 
The reason we exist today in our church age, these days that we're living in, some people say, well, it's to worship. That's why we exist at the church. We're here to worship. Do you know when we get to heaven, that's all we're going to do is worship. It's going to be better in heaven. That's not really why we exist right now. We do that. Uh, well, it's to become like Christ. He wants you to, to go through the struggles of life and become like Christ. Do you know the Bible says when you get to heaven, you're going to be like Christ. That's really not why we're here right now. Now, we do that. The reason we exist as the church is to serve his cause, which is to lead people to a relationship with Jesus Christ, to make disciples, to build disciples who will go out and find and build other disciples. The truth of it is this, that cause needs you. Think about how crazy it would be if, if you took a job and, and maybe it would be out at Tyson or maybe it would be anywhere, but you took a job and, and you showed up for the first day at work and they pulled you into a room back there and they chopped off one of your legs at the knee and they cut off one of your ears and, and they took out uh, two of your eyes and they, and they jerked off one of your thumbs and then they put your white coat on and said, get in there and go to work. Totally absurd. Yet look at the church today. And look how God's given us a tremendous mission in this world today. And yet look how we're hobbling along trying to pull it off. You know what? My knee's not here. My eyes went somewhere else. My ears got whacked off along the way. That's not his plan. That's not his church. You are needed in the church. You're part of something. You have a position. That's under God's direction. It is a blessing to you. It's a, it's a blessing, not a, a punishment for you. And that's in God's wisdom. And you also have a purpose here, and that is for God's cause. And that's what it looks like, the biblical man and his church. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer, and we'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come today. We're thankful for you. And I'm thankful that as Christians, you've given us the truth of your word to lead us, to guide us, to correct us, to instruct us. And then you, you also bless us with the church, your wisdom, your grace to us, your empowerment for your mission. You give us the church that we would be instructed, that we would be taught, that we would be encouraged, that we would be prayed for, that we would find a place to serve. You give us the church, not as a punishment, but as a blessing. I'm thankful for the church. I pray for us as men that, that as we've had that robbed and jerked out from under that understanding that we would have a renewed perspective, that I have a position here because you placed me here, that it's going to be a blessing to me that you, you're going to do these things that are going to help my Christian walk through the local church, but also that I am needed and I am necessary. And I have a responsibility to my local church. I pray that that would speak to us today, that, that we would leave here today and we'd have a, a renewed maybe perspective, maybe a new perspective of the biblical man, the Christian man, and his church. I come today and I pray for, there's several churches represented here, I pray for, for those churches that, that speak your truth, that stand upon your truth, that, that seek to imitate the call that you've given us as churches. Bless them, use them, be glorified through them. We come today and just tell you we love you and we thank you. And I pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. In his name I pray, amen.